Well, I think as swimmers, we're, we're naturally very competitive. We're naturally self-driven. And I think sometimes that can be a detriment um, in terms of, I don't really compare myself to others. I like to compare myself to, my, to myself. And mm. sometimes I think we just need to step back and just go, I'm being too hard on myself. Welcome to Swim.Rocks the show that shares ideas, information, and inspiration between swimming people who stay dry. My name's Lachlan Vane Tempest, and over the next few episodes, we are talking about motivation and how to motivate our swimmers. After coming out of lockdown and back in the water, our swimmers' motivation levels may start to decrease when they aren't training as well, or they don't feel as fit as they were pre-COVID-19. To talk more about coming back after a lengthy break, I chatted to Australian Dolphin Tommy Fraser-Holmes about how he stays motivated and how he takes care of himself when the going gets tough. Enjoy! <laughs> G'day everyone, welcome to this episode of Swim.Rocks and we're talking about motivation, how we can motivate each other and our swimmers after the first few weeks out of lockdown. Not a lot of athletes that we have on this show, and unless you call the middle-aged man and speedo endurance jam as athletes, but today we have one of our senior members on the Australian Dolphins swim team. He's been at two Olympic Games in London 2012 and Rio 2016, where he finaled in the 200 freestyle, the 200 and 400 IM, and narrowly missing out on a medal in the 4x2 in Rio. He's been at two Commonwealth Games in 2010 in Delhi and 2014 in Glasgow, where across those two games, he's won three gold, one silver and one bronze. It is Tommy Fraser-Holmes. How are you, mate? Good, Lockie. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. And you said it was a beautiful day up at, uh, up at the Gold Coast there. Give us, a, give us a little view of the weather. It's a, it's a cracking day up here. It, it kind of feels like summer, but um, not like back home where you get all the four seasons up here. It's just summer all year round, but... It's about 25, 26 degrees, so it's a beautiful day. That's awesome. It's raining down here in Sydney today, so it's pretty boring. Um, Give us a little rundown about your swimming career. Um, A brief rundown. So, yeah, obviously um, born and raised in Newcastle, Nova Cashrian at heart, Um, currently on the Gold Coast. But I guess my story is kind of similar to most people that um, swim in Australia. My whole family was a was a swimming family and, and my older sister was a, a competitive swimmer before I was. So I naturally just tended to follow my sister and, and follow um, in the family's footsteps per se. And I kind of just found my feet in, in Newcastle with training and then find my way into competitive swimming at a, at a young age, but kind of um, didn't really take the competitive side of things too seriously until I got to about 16 or 17 when I got the opportunity to um, take up a scholarship at the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra. Um, so I, I moved out of home and moved to Canberra when I was 16 and spent two years there under coach Vince Rally. And we had a star started group down there. There was, um, I think it was about seven or eight Olympic medalists from wow. 2008 that I was training with. So I was, you know, still wet behind the years at 16 and 17 years of age and, and yeah. being able to train with those guys was unreal. Sitting, at, sitting, at, sitting at the, uh, the front of the bus and trying yeah. to make your way back to the back of the bus. Well, I, don't, I don't even think I was on the bus. I was probably walking <laughs> at that stage. <laughs> but um, I spent two years there before I, I made the move to Queensland at the end of 2010 to um, train with Dennis Cottrell at the Miami Swimming Club on the Gold Coast. 
Yeah, excellent. A beautiful pool there at Miami. I've swum there a couple of times. What does training look like now? You're at um, Griffith University at, uh, in the Gold Coast there. What is training looking like now post-lockdown? Um, yeah, that's right. I am at uh, Griffith University with Michael Bowl and the group there. It's a, it's a great group of swimmers. Um, I guess over the break, we, I think we spent about eight or nine weeks out of the water. Um, kept relatively fit by doing some walking, running, doing a lot of surfing, um, which is probably the closest thing to swimming. So I was kind of lucky in that sense that I was a, I'm a very keen surfer. Um, but getting back into training, I, I got back uh, essentially this week was my first week back with the Griffith program. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing seven sessions this week of about four and a half K. Right. It's not too intense. How many minutes is each session? It's about an hour 15 to an hour and a half. Right, right. But okay. We're, we're more or less um, not spending too much time in the one zone, not spending too much time on distance or speed or kick yeah. or pull. We're, we're kind of mixing it up, um, yeah. breaking that four and a half K up into different bits and pieces, touching on a few different things. Bit of a smorgasbord, really. Yeah, and uh, were Bowley's expectations met when you came back to training fitness-wise or was he a bit like, oh, got a lot of work to do? Um, I, was a, I was a little bit slack. Um, <laughs> I, came, I think I, that's probably the most polite word of putting it. I, I probably came back five kilos over my race weight, which isn't right. too bad. Um, but I kind of... I guess I had a bit of knowledge from my time off in 2017 and I kind of used that a bit wisely um, getting back into the, the swing of things now. But, um, you know, those things will pick up quickly and I'm not really too concerned about that at the moment, but need to keep in shape. Yeah, excellent. And uh, one per lane up there in Queensland? Yep, one per lane, swimming short course. Um, I think we're only in the, allowed in the facility for about an hour and a half. Right. So. How does it feel to have a lane to yourself every session? Oh, it's great. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of the days of being back at the Australian Institute of Sport. We all had yeah. our own lanes and um, coming from the Hunterson Club, yeah. it was about, you know, it was a six lane, 25 indoor and there was probably about 10 or 12 people per lane. So oh, it's, it's paradise shame. compared to that. Yeah. Having to play like dodge the elbow when in a butterfly set, like, oh. Yeah, or dodge the paddles. That's, that's, oh, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, get the cuts all over you. Oh. <laughs> So um, I've asked you to be on the show today because everyone is going back into training now, whether it be somewhat modified or not. And everyone will be struggling to return to that crazy lifestyle that us swimmers live. We've never had something like COVID-19 happen ever. And, but you went through a process of not being able to train, as you mentioned earlier, at a pool. And you had to look to, for new ways to train. Just tell us what happened back in 2017. Yeah, so in 2017, I served a 12-month suspension for missing three um, random drug tests. So for the listeners out there, as an elite athlete, you have to provide a one-hour time slot every day, 365 days a year, um, of where you're going to be for just one hour of the day and your place of residence and where you're going to sleep that day. So uh, kind of post-Olympics, I... I kind of, you know, went on holidays and, you know, kind of mentally switched off and I missed three drug tests and eventually served a, a three month, I mean, a, sorry, served a 12 month suspension, which means I couldn't uh, train with the squad. I couldn't compete. I couldn't 
even be on pool deck at the same time as a training group was training. Right. Um, so that left my options and um, really had to uh, think outside the box in terms of my training, in terms of how I was going to do things and what it looked like. It was going to take some time off or was I going to keep swimming or it was, it was more or less a good time for me to sit down and really just say to myself, Tom, like, what do you want to do here? Do you want to keep swimming or do you want to kind of move on with life and, and follow some other passions that you're, that you're really interested in? And I got to that point where I probably about four or five months into my 12 months off, I, I kind of got into that, um, that state of mind where I was made a decision, a, a conscious decision that, yep, I wanted to get back in the pool. I wanted to chase my dream. I want to go to the Olympics. I want to, you know, finish off my career with something that I don't have, which is an Olympic medal. So um, that was probably the biggest motivation for me getting back, back in the pool. But um, yeah, through that 2017 period. So it's, it's a fair while ago now looking back on it. Um, so, yeah. And um, like what training methods did you do when you weren't allowed to, you know, did you go to a pool just by yourself during the middle of the day? Yeah. I, uh, so at the, at the beginning I took four to five months off. Yeah. And then with about six months to go of my time out to go, I, I sat down and I planned out six months of how I was going to do it, how the return to training process was going to look, you know, having four or five months off, you can't come back and go straight back into doing 60, 70 K. You got to start slow because you got to look out for new injuries that you might yeah. present yourself with. If you go in too hard, too early. Um, so I just sat down and planned out what that six months looked like. I, I spent some time um, on the Gold Coast and I spent some time back in Newcastle. Hmm. Uh, so I was just really, I was really um, quite, I had to use my imagination the way I trained. Hmm. Um, the first couple of weeks I mixed it in with some pool stuff and I mixed it in with some surfing. And then as the, just to build that aerobic conditioning up and I didn't really want to, my biggest goal for me was to get back to a point where I was relatively fit and I could jump back into a squad and I was fit and I, was, I wasn't behind. But mm. I also didn't want to get to that point where I, I didn't want the 12 months to finish and my mentality was, oh, it's, I've gotten through it and, I, and I, I, I completed it. I wanted to get right. through that 12 months really refreshed and really you know, wanting, to do, wanting to do best times and wanting to get in the pool and, and wanting to... Um, be better than what I have a, that I have been in the past. So that was a big thing for me was just keeping it fresh and keeping it light and not, if I was to go to the pool on my own, I wouldn't. And this is probably something that you can do when you're training on your own. If I, if I really said to myself and I was not that motivated to be there, I'll just turn around and go home because I didn't want to get in the pool and force myself to go through five or six K on my own and, and, and not enjoy it. Mm. And I think I allowed myself to find it. I didn't really push myself at the beginning to be like, all right, you got to be motivated. You got to do this. You got to do that. I kind of just allowed myself some time for me to feel my way back into it and not kind of push and force myself away. And start to enjoy it again. Yeah. That's, I think that's probably for your listeners. I think when you're starting back, most of you guys have had probably about 10 weeks off. Yeah. And you're not going to make, you're not going to be back in race shape within the first week. And I think that's very important to know that 
don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so, oh, I've got to be back this. I've got to be swimming these times and I've got to be doing these pace 50s. Like that's, that's going to come as the season gets further along. For now, I think it's more along the lines of get back in, enjoy it, get some fitness up and have fun with your mates. That's what the, I, I personally believe the first couple of weeks or month or two months needs to be. Oh, excellent. What a, what a statement, Tommy. And as coaches, we always tell our athletes, you know, not to compare, not to compare with others, but also not to compare with yourself. When do you ever like compare yourself to others or yourself? And what strategies do you have to kind of like, just throw that idea out the window? Well, I think as swimmers, we're, we're naturally very competitive. We're naturally self-driven. And I think sometimes that can be a detriment um, in terms of, I don't really compare myself to others. I like to compare myself to my, to myself. And mm. sometimes I think we just need to step back and just go, I'm being too hard on myself here. And not to say to be, you know, soft and take the, the easy way out. Yeah. But I think as swimmers, we're naturally determined and we, and we, and we have that inner drive and we have that self-belief. Sometimes it's okay to be, you know, give yourself a pat on the back every once in a while because that goes a long way than, you know, just constantly just going, oh, I need to be better. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this better. I've got to be on my pace. My coach says I need to be mm. better. I need to be faster. I need to do this. Sometimes it's okay to be, oh, I wasn't on today. And that's fine. Mm. You know, and just to, um, that's my perspective of it is um, you're going to get to that point in the season where there's going to come that time for race specificity. Yeah. And that's not now. Yeah. Now's the time where you enjoy it and you find that passion again. Excellent. Um, you mentioned on another podcast, uh, Off the Blocks, um, with our friend Robbie Cox, that you found that the situation in 2017 helped you with lockdown uh, in the sense of, you know, you could only exercise by yourself and, and, and train like that. What did you draw from that experience to help you with this one? Like I was just saying before, I, I, when I wanted to exercise, I exercised. And when I didn't, I didn't beat myself up about it. I said, mm. that's okay. I'm not feeling it today. I'd still go and exercise, but I wouldn't go for the, you know, three or 4K run mm. at, you know, a certain heart rate zone. If I didn't feel like doing that, that's okay. There's plenty of other days that I'll make that up. And just being okay with... Um, just being still yeah just being i know it's a cliche but being in the moment being okay with mm. you know just going for a walk today and not going for a run or feel like you have to get your heart rate up to a certain level and feel like you have to push yourself mm. um i'm not advocating don't exercise i'm just saying <laughs> yeah. from, a, from a from an elite athlete perspective what i took away from it was um the freedom of having the choice of exercising when, when you want. Mm. And it was kind of, it was kind of similar in the way when this COVID situation came around that <coughs> the uncertainty kind of felt like 2017 when I had no certainty of my swimming future. Yeah. It, it kind of felt the same, but it wasn't the situation. And it was that kind of, I was training and I had the Olympics in four or five months time. And now I have nothing to go on break for because as soon as we're so used to having a meet and then having a break. Yeah. 
Whereas now we were forced into a break, not knowing, not putting, you know, what you've worked for to the test, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially with the age group kids. Um, that's a That's a huge thing. You know, you're prepared. You want to go race fast and you want to go and compete for your club. You want to compete for your teammates. You want to see your friends from interstate and, some kids or no kids got that opportunity this year. So I think that that needs to be a slow process back into training because you didn't get the end product of going and, and seeing what you're made of and seeing what the season, you know, look like for you. Yeah. So I think um, that's a, that's a different conversation to be had with your swimmers when you get back, but that's very, there still might be some emotions attached to that, the, the disappointment of that. So you just got to slowly rebuild and rebuild. Yeah. Coming back to that competing, uh, what you just said about competing, like you, you're like you elite guys and all the dolphins and, and those who are pushing for Olympics have something to look forward to, to, which is definite in a way. Like we know the Olympics going to happen next year. Whereas younger swimmers have no idea when the next comp is going to be, whether that, whether a short course season goes ahead um, or even, uh, you know, when will long course season start? Um, and I was chatting to Adam Beisler, um, who you know very well the other day about, you know, what's happening with Swim League. And he's at talks at the moment about bringing that back. And I know you're an ambassador for Swim League for a while um, and raced in the City vs. Country, one of the City vs. Country Cups. Um, and Swim League could be, you know, one of the first competitions that we see and it has no times. Uh, you don't need race suits. It's just, in, as you said earlier, enjoying the sport and, and getting back into, into competing. Um, moving on, when you came back to training and, and back into a squad uh, back in 2017, um, did your mot- motivation ever fluctuate uh, during that first couple of weeks? Uh... Not specifically when I got back into a group, but when I got back in on my own, right, 100% it did. Yeah. Like 100%. And that's totally normal. That's, I'm a human being just like anyone. Like I'm, I'm kind of no different to the age group of kids. I've just gone on and I'm just a little bit older and a little bit more experienced and I've gone on to compete at the international level. Like I'm still a swimmer. I need to get in and train and I need to mm. um, put in the work to get the results. It's no different you know, Olympic gold medalist to an age group kid, they're still going to do the work to get the result. But during those first couple of weeks when I jumped in by myself, like, like I was saying before, the motivation was, was kind of up and down like this. Yeah. And that's where I got to a point where I was, I was allowing myself to be okay with those sessions and those moments where I wasn't as motivated, you know? So I, Mm when I got back into a group, I was chomping at the bit. I was motivated. I was, because I had, I think when I got back into the tour, I was allowed legally to get back into a group. I had about six weeks before my first competition. Right. So I could, I could see the carrot. I could see, you know, the end, not the end, but I could see something to, like I look forward to very, yeah. very, you know, quickly. And I could, I could almost touch it. So I was very motivated in that sense. But when I first got back in, I was, you know, the motivation fluctuated and I think that's, that's a normal thing. Yeah. And when you had that, that meet six weeks before, was it like, was the motivation that, you know, this is my welcome back. This is like Michael Jordan coming back to the NBA. This is my first game. Like I'm wearing number 45. Here we go. Was that kind of like, like it, like it was, you know, welcome guys. I'm back. Like, well, I think, maybe when Michael Phelps had his comeback, he could probably say that. But for me, it was, For me, it was more um, that I proved to myself that I 
could do it and i and i got back and that and that was my motivation along with going to my third olympics that was a huge you know huge driving factor was me being able to do it going out on your own and and getting through something that no one in the sport has been in this situation that i was in so i was covering new ground i was doing all these stuff i had to train myself do all these different things on my own and it was just a real sense of pride when i got up on the blocks before whether it was you know a good result or bad result just to get to that point was one of those moments where you just go you did a good job and you give yourself a pat on the back which i don't yeah. think many coaches or athletes do enough in this sport right right so our listeners are the swimming community who stays dry. So your parents, your coaches, your, your club admins. So the support networks of an athlete. Um, what did you like or what did you feel was helpful when you came back uh, in 2018 uh, from a coach or a teammate? Did, did anyone do anything or did you ask anyone to help you in a way that, that, that made the transition from training by yourself to a squad easier? Um, I don't remember or recalling asking for anything because I don't feel like I needed anything. Like I was at that right. point in my career where I was pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of, not one of my downfalls, but I don't really tend to ask for help too often. I kind right. of just like to, I'm a, I'm a pretty hard worker and I, I like to um, figure things out as I go along. And I don't recall remember asking for, much help but i know i had a lot of support and a lot of had yeah. i had a lot of people just there yeah not that i needed anything but just there if i if i did need anything and yeah. that and you always know that especially being an elite athlete you always know that help is only a conversation away yeah and the social and aspect think, of coming back to a to a squad as well oh absolutely i was i was just happy to be in a group that i could have that I wasn't in a, you know, in a, no offense, in a public lane going around someone that's swimming yeah. 60 seconds for a lap and yeah. I was swimming, you know, 26 seconds for a yeah. lap. <laughs> I was just happy that I was in, that I wasn't, that I was in a, in a, in a, in a group that was motivated and, and ready to go and tuned up and pumped up. Excellent. Um, yeah. Lastly, when you feel like you're in a slump and your motivation is down, what is your go-to method to, to pick yourself up out of that hole? Um, for me, I always just, I take a deep breath and I step away from it. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a very easy thing to say, but it's a hard thing to do. I know for me, if I feel like I am, and I'm just talking from a swimming high performance perspective. Yeah. Um, being an athlete, if I know that I am mentally kind of fried and burned out. Yeah. I know I need to go and have a surf. Or I, I need to go and do something different or go to a Knights game or go to a footy game or something like yeah. along those lines to just take my mind away from it because I think it's very easy to get caught up in I need to do everything perfect and you yeah. become almost machine and robot-like. Yeah. Robot -like. yeah, just be human um, for a while. That's it. You know, there's, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I enjoy beer and I go for a beer or, you know, just relax and talk to some mates. Um, so I feel like I have a really good, um, I have a really good feel for when I get, you know, I'm, Tom needs a break. That's yeah. probably one of, probably a strength that I have with my swimming. Yeah. And how do you communicate that with your coach? 
you know, just like, like, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling the best. Can I have the day off or something like that? Just have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think you've known me for a long time. I'm not a person that has anything to hide. I, you know, if I have a problem with something, I'll say it. If I, you know, if I think you've done a really good job, I'll, you know, I'll encourage people and I'll, you know, what you see is what you get with me. I, yeah. I think, um, so yeah, just having that conversation, having that relationship. But I guess I've gotten to the point being a little bit older now that I, I, I guess I can have those conversations. Yeah. Um, but it's just, just one of those things, you, you know, you're just talking to another person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that as a, as a former uh, 400 IM like yourself, you know, we do the hard yards unlike those sprinters. We're a real athlete. Um, <laughs> probably stirred the pot up there. I'll probably get a message <laughs> from someone, um, you know, yeah. you like, especially those hard yards and, and you rock up the training and you just look at the board and go, no, nah, not today. Um, that's probably the hardest thing to kind of pull you out of that, that hole. Um, Tommy, yeah. what is, what does the rest of 2020 look like for you? If things just keep going smoothly and we don't get hit a second wave? Uh, well, I hope there's some competitions planned yeah. later in the year. Otherwise it's going to be a very long training block. Yeah. <laughs> um, what it looks like is just taking it as it comes. You know, yeah. this is a very unpredictable time and it's a very uncertain time. And I know I'm very, very lucky, you know, to be able to do what I do, but um, just keep doing what you're doing and never take your eye off the end goal. And that's now it's 2021. So it's going to be, hopefully there's some competitions, but there's going to be a lot of competitions in 2021 and you still need to prepare and you still need to be your absolute best for those meets. So a lot of training, but also, um, enjoying where everything is at the moment excellent awesome thank you tommy for joining us on the show today and good luck with the rest of the year thanks mate no worries lucky thanks for listening to that episode and i hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions about swim.rocks and what we do over here please get in touch with us you can get in touch over at our instagram our facebook or even better our digital community to join, type in the URL community.swim.rocks, click the request to join button and follow the prompts. And guess what, guys? It's totally free. So join in on our discussions and let's make swimming easier and better for us and our athletes. Make sure you join into next week's episode. But until then, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay dry.